Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Tuesday, I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you yesterday for those that uh, tuned in. Whoa. Got Banks in the backdrop here. Uh, working on his driver swing, total driving. Ripping one down the middle for some uh, further entertainment here on today's show. But, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, yesterday. Uh, as the uh, numbers were great, Hunter Mayhem joining us. Uh, great discussion about uh, Wyndham Clark, Oklahoma State right now, taking over. Victor Hovland getting the win at uh, Memorial. Ricky Fowler on his way back getting a W. Wyndham Clark went to Oklahoma State before he went on to the University of Oregon. So lots of uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Austin Eckrook, a name that might be brought up today. Oh, no, Austin went to Texas. I'm sorry. Austin Eckrook went to Texas. Um, but uh, UT Longhorns, they're, uh, they're playing some good golf too. Guy joining me here, he was uh, out there in LACC, U.S. Open, makes the long trip now over to Connecticut. That's our guy. Uh, Keith Stewart, read the line. How are you, sir? Welcome back to the East Coast. I think in all my years of covering and following golf, there's never been a more appropriate sponsor choice than the Travelers for this week. It's, <laughs> it's been a... I mean, uh, all of us are looking at one another around the building and the players. And John Rahm came in for the press conference this morning, and it was just kind of like, "So we're here now. Here we go." <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little different, a uh, little different media media center there at uh, in Cromwell than uh, down there at LACC. What do you got going? Well, there? You, you know, TPC River Highlands. We got a pool and a pond. Okay, they gave me the pool, thankfully. So, all right. It's, uh, no, yeah, this is the um, this is the uh, podcaster central. Uh, I'm looking across at somebody else who's doing one, but uh, uh, right now as I speak, but the the pool is the place to be right now for the Stripe Show. Well, you're doing a great job. We appreciate your uh, your hard work and your time here on the show. I know my audience loves what you have to say about the field. We've got a great field uh, at the Travelers. We'll get to it here in a second. Elevated event, but let's put a bow on that of the U.S. Open at LACC. Your thoughts, final round, how everything uh, – finished up out there at the west coast i was a big fan of lacc and the u.s open i thought that the golf course um i i always say if they set the golf course up right and it's a good golf course you're going to get a great leaderboard and you can't argue with that top five um some people may have preferred that ricky or rory won over wyndham clark because they're fans of those two but that doesn't mean that wyndham clark wasn't a worthy champion and the guy's got some serious stones oh, yeah. to hit the shots that he did coming down the stretch. You know, I think about that uh, shot that Gary Woodland hit off the green on the 71st hole, you know, when he hit that little pitch shot across the 17th hole there at Pebble Beach. And um, the pitch that Wyndham hit on 11 off that tight Bermuda grass. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, just awesome. The, the three wood, you know, the complement of talents it takes to hit that three wood into 14 where everyone was, you know, kind of screwing that hole up. It just wasn't an instant birdie par five on the back nine. Um, 
to me, I, I, I was happy with LACC. I, you know, the one disappointment is that you wish there were more fans. Um, I can't begin mm-hmm. to say I understand why that didn't why they didn't have 40,000 per day like they did at Oak Hill. Uh, I think that definitely would have changed people's perceptions of how the whole thing went down. But uh, outside of that, I mean, you can't really complain about the golf course, the design and, uh, you know, what the USGA allowed to have happen rather than try to trick the place up. They just said, hey, go play. And um, yeah, did, did they go soft the first day? But, you know, they started at 640 in the morning, Travis, and they Sunset was 8.06. I looked on my phone and, you know, the last players were coming off the golf course at 8.15. So no one brings up pace of play, but they argue that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that they made the golf course too easy that day. They got to think they, they, they kind of have to make it a little easy on Thursday and Friday. Otherwise, they don't get 156 players around the track. Yeah, well, take some people out. You know, I mean, if it's if it's that big of an issue, then drop it down, you know, 12 you know, whatever, you know, so, whoa, you know, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't, whoa. you, you can't then have, you, you can't have your leaders finishing in the dark on Saturday. Wait a second. Now that that's a totally different discussion. But when you say take people out, there's a kid in Idaho that was 10 years old, listening to the U S open theme song last week, thinking <laughs> about qualifying. You can't, you, you're The first thing you're going to do remove are qualifiers. I'm sure. And that, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But if you can't get around in a reasonable time and it's an issue and you got people finishing in the dark and it affects the magnitude and the bigness that should be of the U.S. Open, then I'm then I'm willing to make those cuts. There's got to be sacrifice somewhere. It just didn't feel and I don't want to get too far into this. If you my thoughts are well documented yesterday on the U.S. Open, um, I guess in a nutshell, what I would say is that the USGA, in my opinion, made it more about LACC than they did the U.S. Open. And that went from signing up with LACC and trying to make U.S. Open work on that course, which you clearly couldn't get stands out there. You clearly couldn't move people around to see good golf and make an atmosphere that should represent the U.S. Open. And so it lacked energy. It felt corporate because they had they gave away most of their tickets, or they didn't give them away, but they sold most of their tickets to LACC members who controlled the narrative of who was going to come and watch the tournament. And so that's what you get. You know, you, you don't get a lot of energy coming through the TV and, um, you know, but look, is it a good course? It seemed like a good course. Didn't feel great to me. Um, but that's just my opinion from probably 5,000 miles away, but nonetheless, let's, let's, let's give Wyndham Clark his due because we had a good chat yesterday uh, with Hunter about Wyndham Clark. When I, when I watch Wyndham, he's been on the podcast um, before, and uh, we heard from him today, actually, and he's going he's gonna to come back here in a couple weeks as well and give us our time. Wyndham's a good guy. Um, but when I look at Wyndham, and I went back and, and listened to that podcast, and I talked to some of his previous coaches, um, his agency that used to represent him, uh, I think the biggest difference in Wyndham is really the, the maturity um, and really, I think just being a little bit more at peace with himself, not running quite so hot and kind of taking it for what it is, um, in, in a round of golf over a context of four rounds. And I think the maturity, Wyndham Clark, the person, the man, more than anything of his game was the difference that we saw on Sunday. That dude was in charge. He was in control. I, I didn't think he would come back. I thought you had to go get him. When you watch that round on Sunday, Wyndham Clark handled himself 
just fine. And, and at no point did I feel like, at no point did I feel like Wyndham Clark, now he, he gave a couple away, I get that. But I didn't feel like he was going to lose the U.S. Open. I just didn't. I mean, I agree. You don't need to, t- no one needs to preach to me how good Wyndham Clark is. Just rewind the tape. Was that our first week or our second week of doing this show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 75 to 1 at Wells Fargo. I saw yep. him on the range. That's the point of me going to the pool, right? Is that I walk the practice area. I look at these guys, prepare. I, I walk the golf course. I'm doing it for the benefit of your listeners, my readers, for everybody, right? Yep. There's mm-hmm. something to be said for watching these guys live. Yeah. And what I saw that week at Wells Fargo touched me in my competitive soul. Right. I'm like, this guy is ready to do something good. And the numbers back that up. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. which led me to go watch him. But when I watched him hit the ball, I was like, man, this guy's got a presence about him. This is pretty cool. You know, and stars develop from somewhere. Yep. And, uh, you know, Cam Smith just didn't like, you know, he just didn't appear. Right. You know, over time, these guys, they progress, they get better. So, I, you know, I'm one of the least, you know, I'm, I'm the last person that would be surprised that at 60 to one, he could pull off a U.S. Open win. You know, I mean, he's, he sat there in the last group with Xander Shoffley at Wells Fargo, stared him down and won by four. You know, I mean, it's the guy's, the guy's good. And I was, yeah. I, you know, who, I mean, with his story and everything, enough has been made of it already, but you know, for sure, you know, you, I mean, what a wonderful, what a wonderful guy to have be our national champion. So yep. Congrats, I agree. Congrats to him and his team. Yep. I agree. And, and and a smaller team because he's, you know, he's doing it with his caddy, uh, John Ellis. So there is no yeah. entourage of swing coaches and short game and this and that that's following him around. Uh, now, he has a, a sports psychologist that he started with um, just about six or seven months ago, and she's really helped him. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. I like it. He, um, you know, he's one of those guys that I think came out of college. You know, he's uh, he, he won the Pac-12 championships in, uh, in, in Oregon, and, you know, he's a stud. He was player of the year, player of the year. Yeah. And he was a stud and, and he, you know, kind of got knocked down a little bit and then, you know, he was still finding himself from the passing of his mother. And, and, and so, you know, he kind of uh, was finding his way and he's, I think internally has dug deep, looked himself in the face, got to make a couple changes, chill out a little bit, be a better person, this and that. And by golly, it's cool to see his last four tournaments. He's played one twice, both folks, Wells Fargo back in May. And now the U.S. Open last week in L.A. Now, we're not in L.A. anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. More over the U.S.G. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. If anybody finishes in the dark this week, my head's going to explode. Well, hey, that was a bad decision. But, you know, the fact that, you know, <laughs> everyone's pulling apart this golf course. It's just they just weren't there. They just don't know how good it is. Now, well, this golf course now, wait a minute. This golf course I've played. TPC River Highlands. I've played this course a couple of times. Oh, it's a fun golf course. It this is fun. fun. Yeah. It is. That's the yeah. best way to describe it. It's the way I describe it every year. It's fun. It's not yeah. long. It's not long. It's under 7,000. I think it's, what, the second shortest course on the PGA Tour, I believe. Correct. Um, yeah. Par 70 they play it at. Not all Great par finish. 70s are the same. Not all par 70s are the same. Bent grass. It's just yeah. fun. Anybody can go out there and play it. You, you're going to have some good shots. You're going to get rewarded. There's some difficult holes. It's going to challenge you in its own way. Xander won here. Last year, of course, at 19, Harris English back in 2021, 13, COVID year. I remember DJ won. Um, and then you got guys like Ches Reevy, who's won here back in oh, 2019. Yeah. Bubba dominated this place in his day, three wins. And then Spieth Ru- back in 17. Russell Knox. Russell Ke- Knox. Is- Kevin Strillman, yeah. Kevin Strillman. You know, so you kind of got this 
wide range of names. You've got the, some of the shorter hitters. Um, it's kind of the unassuming champions. You've got some of the bigger names, guys that can overpower it. So you, you got, you know, you got to dig here a little bit now. That's why you're here. You got to dig a little bit on uh, who we like this week. So big names I, like like Ken ahead. Duke. Ken Duke. <laughs> I knew I'd get you with that one if you didn't bring it up. Big Ken, names like Ken Duke. Big maybe. names like Ken Duke and Ken Duke and Ches Reavy. Bigger name Ken yeah. Duke or Ches Reavy. Russell name. Knox. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's uh but we're gonna get we're gonna dig deep. Let's hit the board. Let's do this. All right. Well, give us give us some um give us some insight here. What's the course look like? Give me some key stats. I've kind of got my stats circled, loaded in here. Some things that I'll give you the clean slate here of uh, the kind of player that we're gonna be looking for this year. Elevated event, first time, elevated event. Yeah, the travelers. Truth be told, though, the Travelers has done a fantastic job of coming up with a philosophy on how they were going to grow this event. Yes, they take the best care of players. They have chartered flights. They, they brought people here, you know, the week after the U.S. Open. They've done a lot of great things. But I think one of the smartest things that they ever did was they offered a lot of um, tournament exemptions to young superstars. Yeah. Everyone remembers Cantley coming here in his first mm -hmm. time shooting 60, but Ricky was one of the first ones the year that it was uh, Colin Victor and Justin Suh. You know, those three came out together and they offered those guys. So everyone, Rom said it even today. He said, you know, this was my one of my first sponsors exemptions and I'll always come back when I can, you know, and yes, I'm here because of the rules tell me to do and I probably wouldn't have done it this year from LA to here, but I do like this event. I think the golf course is fun. The golf course is in great condition. Uh, and I just joke there, not all par 70s are the same. Whereas we went from five par threes and, and these massive par fours there at LACC, we're 600 yards shorter. We've got 10 of the 12 par fours fall under 450 yards. So when we start to figure this thing out, we're talking for a Pete Dye playbook. We're thinking more Pebble Beach, Harbor Town than we are definitely LACC or Bombs Away. Mm -hmm. Positional. And then I like to call that, you know, like the type of golf course where there's 18 par threes. You know, everyone hits to the same spot off the tee. And then from there, they're playing a par three on every hole. And who's the best in that range on approach? And then also converting. One of the things that kind of has thrown me for a loop over the years is that almost always the number one indicator on tour for success is approach play. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not here. It's putting. Mm -hmm. The winners over the last decade gain more, almost a stroke more on average with the putter than they do with their irons, which is interesting. That tells you that they're not, they're not the most, they're not crazy greens here, which means that good putters can excel here. Or if you're hot with a putter, you can excel here. So those are a couple of things that I'm really keeping an eye on. Get it in position and then score on those little mini par threes each hole presents you. Um, you know, par 70, you know this, Travis. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about it all the time. You have to find ways to score outside of the par fives. And those who can do that are all over what we're going to talk about for the next, you know, 20 minutes or so. All right. So you got a lot of par fours from, from 400 to 450. Yeah. You got a lot of shots from 150 to 175. I'm talking like an abundance of shots from 150 to 175 above average on the PGA well Tour. Well yeah. above. And then it's a huge drop from 175 to 200. Huge drop yeah. on average to the PGA Tour. So 150 to 175 is a key number. Second key range, 125 to 150. You're going to be seeing guys, they, they have got to excel 
on those par fours, yes, get it, get it in play, get it into get into that spot. But then you've got to excel from those two distances, those those gaps. And then, of course, to your point, you're going to have to make some putts uh, on these bent grass greens that are pretty straightforward, right? That that are kind of right there uh, in front of you. And you add it all up, you're going to have to make some birdies and you're going to have to get it into the teens um, if you're going to want to win this thing. All right. How much? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Before we get into the field, because this is an elevated event and, and you look at some of the guys that are playing here. And would they play here? Have they played here in the past? And would they, if it wasn't an elevated event, do you put too much stock into those that you look at their career up to this point, they chose not to play in the travelers because perhaps they didn't like the course or is it more of a schedule? Do you, do you put much weight into that? I think it kind of, we can answer that question by just looking at their skill sets. I think mm -hmm. certain guys understand what they're good at and they don't show up at places where they don't think that they can contend or separate themselves from the field. You go back to what we were just talking about, those approach shots. And then if you just look at strokes gained approach, I mean, I know buckets aren't the end-all be-all, but it gives you an idea of, is this guy a good scoring irons player? Because those two buckets there, that means everything from a gap wedge to an eight iron for you know the standard guy on tour. Or are they really good at their long iron play? And when I say these things all the time, people say, well, Keith, what does that mean? Well, if you're somebody like Victor Hovland, who's the, the best long iron player on tour, that's how you differentiate yourself from other people. So would you normally show up to a place where wedge play is the big difference? Or if you're Rory and you love to rip the driver and that's your big differentiator, um, you know, Scotty's good across the board, but you would pick places that suits you the best you could unless they said, A, you have to play there, or B, there's $20 million on the line, right? And then you'd try to maybe go put a round peg in a square hole. But if you're going to separate yourself, I say this every week, it's like splitting hairs, picking winners. If you're going to separate yourself, you got to really look at who's good at what we're asking for them to be great at in order to win. And although maybe Ken Duke doesn't really resonate with a lot of people like Tiger Woods does, he was a great wedge player that week. Mm -hmm. in order to in order to win and to answer your question people are showing up year after year before it became designated because they knew with their wedge game russell knox Allah, is a great example of that because yep. he knew he could contend and play well there right xander good wedge player right patrick cantley good wedge player right so at the end of the day um i think it's a combination of things this year it's definitely uh, round peg square hole especially going three, you know, 2,911 miles between venues. I looked it up today. That's what it I, was, huh? Wow. Yeah, because I have to write like 5,000 words today. I was like, I got to come up with something here, you know, <laughs> to kind of to set the scene. 2,911 miles these guys traveled, along with me, to get from one place to the other. And they got to be, you know, you got to be focused to win. Yeah. And who really, who really wants to win? Here's a question for you, right? Mm -hmm. You think that a guy that hasn't won yet, but has played really well, would be more focused this week than just the average guy? Morikawa? Xander? Yeah. Rory? Yeah. Rory. I mean, Rory, Rory and Cantley sit in the top 10 of FedEx Cup points. They haven't won yet this season. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess if you count Rory at CJ Cup, he did. But, I mean, in the calendar year. Hideki? 
So, or, so, you, so you go to 125 to 150 yards. Okay, and let's get let's get into that wedge game here. Last hundred let's rounds. Do it. Last let's hundred do it. rounds. Here's your top ten: Russell Henley, Matsuyama, Duffner, Scheffler, Hovland, Morikawa, Tom Kim. Interesting name. Yeah. Uh, Corey Connors, Ricky Fowler. So those are just top ten. Just just kind of you know kicking into this couple of these uh, proximities. Top ten from 150 to 175: Morikawa, Moore, Hovland, Tom Kim. Matsuyama, Knox, Scheffler, JT, Robbie Shelton, Siwoo Kim. Kind of interesting, just looking at the key ranges, you know. Um, top 10, last 100 rounds coming in. Who's really excelling um, from that proximity? Now, let's get into the odds. Uh, obviously, Scheffler's going to kick us off here at 6-1. Uh, at to one. Yeah. Um, He actually did finish positive 1.2 putting. I thought... If he finished positive, I think what I say, two point something, two point five, that he would win, and well, we about needed that. Uh, I I agreed with you. I said if he was just positive, he'd win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> positive one point two. Uh, Rom, uh, of course, is uh, no wait. Cantley right now is at eleven. Oh, Cantley's at, yeah, Cantley's at eleven. McElroy's twelve. Rom's twelve, and then we'll stop at Shoffley, uh at fourteen. Yeah, Shuffler uh, did. Make some putts. He, he did give a couple away uh, at times, as we saw. Um, you know, I think Rom had to be pretty encouraged by the way he played. 10th at the U.S. Open. Of course, he wanted to win. But uh, I think his short game, his putting was 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 good. Cantlay, 14th at the U.S. Open. Putted great. Driver was great. Yeah. Uh, I think Rory has to feel very good about the way that he played. Just didn't make enough putts yeah. uh, on Sunday. I mean, it's ridiculous. You go through a U.S. Open, hit fifty-nine of seventy-two greens in oh, regulation. Yeah, crazy. I mean, come yeah. on, that's a that is a clinic. Yeah, right he had there. To play, he, he's got to feel great the way that he's <laughs> getting it done. Just situation, he couldn't make a putt. We were talking about it yesterday with Hunter. It's like, my God, just you know, Shuffler and Rory on Sunday. It's just like God, you get those. They can't make a putt. I tell you what, just a quick side commentary. The most uncomfortable thing that I caught parts of in coverage was Brad Fax and commentating on Rory competing to get this first major in nine years mm -hmm. and he's doing everything perfect, but he's not making a putt and yep. you could hear it in his voice. I mean, it, it just, it, you really felt for the guy that he was just like, I want to root for this guy so bad, but I can't because of what I have to do. It just, I thought that that was a really interesting side story that was taking place there. But I think, I think in the top, I think in the four short odds, if I'm going to bet anybody, I think McElroy wants to win right now. I think he feels like he's playing great golf. This is his fourth in a row, though, uh, tournament. And um, I think of those four, if I had to take a short odd um, at this place, I would go McElroy. He's been here four times, no top tens. That being said, I can't disagree with you. Yes. I really can't. I really can't. I mean, he, the, 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 ah, I mean, this, this contest this week, I just said it before, it's 18 par threes. He hit mm -hmm. 59 of 72 greens at a U.S. Open on a golf course that's 600 yards longer. Yeah. Right? It's in 600. Wow. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term stripe show, but yeah. that was, it was a freaking stripe show. It was. I was there. I mean, watching him hit driver every – I mean, it reminded me of 2011 at the U.S. Open Congressional. Perfect balance. You couldn't tell if he was hitting driver, seven iron, or a wedge. Mm -hmm. And he was shaping shots. I mean, unbelievable. So the only reason I can figure out that Rory wouldn't 
be in the conversation come Sunday is fatigue, mental yep. fatigue. Yep. You know, it's uh, that that would be the only reason why. Yep. You know, and but but I I already brought it up. I think there's guys that haven't won yet this year that need that satisfaction of winning. They put in the hard work, they've set goals, and they want to do it. And they're going to be pressing this week. And I think X, I think Cantley, and I think Rory are the top of that list by far. They have not won in this calendar year, and they seem they looked all looked extremely motivated last week, and it didn't yep. work out. Yep. We yeah, have I think seven, we have I think seven weeks left. Here. Yeah. Yeah, seven, seven weeks. Seven weeks left till the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yep. And, you know, not that any of those three are going to be outside the top 70, but they want to win this year. They don't mm-hmm. want to go a year without a win. So I, um, Rory attracts my attention. One of the guys, I'm going to go Cantley over Rory, but they both, I mean, top five of them both and feel really good about it. Rom's been here one time, COVID year, T37. I don't know if you put too much into Rom, hasn't played here other than that COVID year when they were all here and now um, obviously back here for an elevated event. You look at the next round, now you get into Victor Hovland at 20, Fleetwood continuing to play good golf, 63 on Sunday at 25, Morikawa 25. Let's just stop there with um, with those. I, I think if I had to if I had to pick there, uh, I would go back to Vic. Um, he was T11 here back in 2020, top 20 at the U.S. Open last week. Iron's not quite what we're used to seeing from Vic last week, but again, I think this this complete player now, Victor Hovland, uh, we saw him win at Memorial. And um, just the short game, I, I don't think it's an issue now. This is a course, nonetheless, that doesn't require a great short game. I mean, I think you can, you don't, you're not going to be challenged like incredibly difficult shots here uh, around the green. Now, you can't be a dog, but it's not like yeah. you, you like like what we saw last week. But I don't think it's a weakness anymore. I think he's, I think he's in full control. What happens there? Um, I think he's more of a complete player, and I think this is a good spot for him. So if I had to. If I had to go of those three, I would uh, I'd give the nod to Hovland. Um, you have long grass around the greens here, which always helps any short game player. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, I'm with you completely there on Victor as far as the short game not being a uh, an issue anymore. But uh, I'm still feeling the flow. I'm going to go with Fleetwood. Three oh. top five, three top fives in his last five, and uh, um, I had Victor at Memorial. It's tough to win multiple times. We've seen that on tour. Um, I think where I I think where I'm where my trajectory is going with Hovland right now is similar to a Scotty Scheffler. What we saw there. Ooh, whoa, yeah. And I, I don't think I, I think Hovland is a guy off the tee and iron game that can compete with a Scheffler. Now Scheffler's in a, another stratosphere right now. We get that. Yeah. But but if you had to come down from that and you had to be like, okay, who would be right there with? I mean, I think Hovland would be on the short list from with the driver and the irons. And so I what? I feel like this momentum now that we're seeing with the short game, and I think Hovland's a better putter. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Hovland right now should be as confident as he has ever been in his professional career right now. And so I think he comes into this place. I think he looks at this place like, okay, I got to play from the fairways and uh, let my let my iron game go to work a little bit. Short game's not going to be, you know, a huge issue here. 
I, I give the tip of the cap there to Hovland to clip off another win here by the end of the year. Hmm. It's his fourth win. It's not like it, it was a, I mean, I, I granted the other three weren't okay. like super elevated wins, but I mean, right now in Victor Hovland's professional career, he's got to be, he's got to be feeling as confident as he ever has been. Doesn't he? What happened last week? It was iron weren't sharp. He just, he just wasn't as sharp with his irons. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if, if Hovland, if Hovland, which is unusual for Victor, right? I mean, to lose, I think it was one and a half. That's what uh, gives me pause. Yeah. Hey, here's so, the thing. Again, I mean, we're talking about what the fifth best player in the world, right? Um, so he, if he if he clicks it, he wins. Yeah, it's it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but if I have to pick somebody in that that group of three, Colin would be third. Uh, Vic would be two, and Fleet would be would be one right now. I Fleetwood. what Fleetwood to me represents what this place is all about. He's gaining with the driver. He's gaining with the putter and he's gaining with his irons all over two strokes in his last five starts. I mean, that's, that's super well-rounded. I mean, that's what you think of when you think of Xander, who's your defending champion. And I think Fleetwood's learned some lessons in the last couple of weeks. And I'm not, I'm not saying this for recency bias because, Oh, he had 63 on Sunday or whatever. That just tells me he's still playing great. Like he was in Canada. He's got three top fives in his last five starts. And yeah, but the one in to, Canada, I'll push back a little. The one in Canada sure. was a was an insane putting weight, positive nine. I mean, that was you're not gonna get that. Positive nine putting from Fleetwood, you're not banking on that. That's a guy that roams, you know, just above, slightly above average on the PGA tour. So he, you know, his, his I agree, his driver's been has been elite. And so has Victor's, by the way. I mean, both oh, of them. Yeah. Are, are driving it elite. So it comes down oh. to between those two, who's been the better iron player over the last few, I'd give the nod to Fleetwood. No question. I think Fleetwood has been a little better iron player than Victor um, around the green Victor's probably, or uh, Hobbins probably, or Fleetwood's probably been just a little bit better mm. and then putting pretty close. Now win equity, who's got a little dog deep down. It's not even close. Right. Oh. I mean, if I got if I got Hovland and Fleetwood coming down the stretch, I'm it's it's uh it's Hovland all day, all day. Right. So it's oh, an interesting yeah. one though. Like it's interesting with Fleetwood that as good as he is, you know, when you look at him statistically and you look at how there's really no weakness that the guy can't get to the finish line with one of these. Um, you know, it's 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 gotta be frustrating, I'm sure, for him. And and can he continue that play? And finally, chip one off. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. So that's a, that's that that's interesting. There, I, I just <laughs> so funny. The guys, the guys that that handicap, then they just keep betting Fleetwood, Fleetwood, Fleetwood. They just keep running back. We got You got to go now because he's playing such great golf. And and so it's like, man, you got to keep pushing him out there because as soon as you don't, and he and he wins one, you've been doing it for two years now. Every single time he tees it up, pushing Fleetwood out there at 40, 50, 60 to one. And now he's at what, 25? Nah. Halvin 20, Fleetwood 25. That's a no brainer. All right, let's move on. Henley 35. No way. No thanks. Fino 35. Tom Kim 35. Fitzpatrick 40. I like Fitz here. Why do you like Fitz? Talk to me. Walk yeah, me through it. Let me pull it up here. Hold on a sec. Just jumped off. I like I like Fitz. 
Strokes gained putting. Last hundred rounds, nineteenth. So you got to make some putts, right? You know Fitz is gonna. Yes. You yes. know Fitz is gonna get it done there. Approach 100% game. Agree. Approach game. Upper third. Off the tee, probably top ten in the field. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's gonna live from the fairway. Proximity from our key distances are is a concern for me. Now I say that Fitzpatrick has this funny way where he has his strengths off the tee, make some putts, right? He's going to make a lot of birdies. He's going to play from the fairway, all these things. And then he has his weaknesses, which is his overall approach game, right? And, that's, and then at times, he'll go positive four, five, six, and he wins. And that's what we've seen from Fitzpatrick. And so if I'm going to roll with Fitzpatrick, and here's my theory, if I'm going to roll with Fitzpatrick, I'm going to roll at a place where – Iron game, we're going to be living from 125 to 175. And that's where I'm going to expect him to pop and let the putter go to work and get that thing to 17, 18 under. I kind of view it in an opposite light. I, I just, if I'm at a place where we know the total focus is that approach category, and that's the one place where, you know. I don't think I, it's, so, I don't think, but putting, but, but you just said putting was number one. True, but, you know, you have to create those opportunities inside 15, 20 feet, right? And we know about the buckets. It's been well explained by you already that, you know, it's this wedge through nine iron, these scoring irons that you have to hit well. When I think of the top five guys on the PGA Tour that do that year after year after year, one of the first names that comes to mind for me on these golf courses, Sony, Harbortown, Pebble, Mayakoba. Russell Henley, he's aggressive. He makes a lot of birdies. Yeah. Now, gra granted, you could you could preach to me about win equity, and I and I can't defend myself, but I can tell you this much: on these style of golf courses, if we were having that par three contest over all eighteen holes from one hundred and thirty-five yards or whatever, Russell Henley is beyond elite. Yep. You you know that, and I know that. Now. We all know he's probably not the same putter that Matt Fitzpatrick is. He's certainly not a U.S. Open champion. But Russell Henley, if you look at the numbers, has been playing good. He was 14th last week at the U.S. Open. So um, he's a guy that really has my attention this week. And, you know, he's, he's had a lot of Pete Dye success. He's won already on, uh, on tour this year. He won at Mayakoba, um, which is a total patience, positional target practice golf course. Um, where length doesn't really pay a factor. Um, I just, I love the fact that he just fires at every pin. If you've ever walked with that guy during a round, there is not a pin that he won't fire at. Now that cost that has cost him a lot in his career, but man, when that guy's on, he rattles off eight, nine birdies around. And yep. I feel like this is the type of week for that, because one of the things we haven't touched on yet is that the conditions this week are going to be polar opposite of what we saw last week. We're going to get rain this weekend. The golf course is dry, but it's, it's going to get softer. It's going to get substantially softer. It's going to be a real Marine layer. One that like drops water on the golf course. And uh, there's not going to be very much wind. So I really feel like converting 15 foot putts and getting to 15 feet is how this thing's going to play out. Just from, just from walking around here. I had the wind ticket on Russell was two years ago. And he grabbed the lead, 
I think, oh, on the Sony? 15th. No, at Travelers. Oh, okay, Travelers, yep. Yeah, a couple years ago. I had a All win right. ticket on him, and I think he was 50 to 1. And he grabbed the win. He, he grabbed the lead after 15 and then went and, and like, it just hit him. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to win. And then he went to 16. I think he made double on 16 and doubled 17. Like he went, he went back-to-back doubles or back-to-back bo- or bogey double or something and finished in the top 20. So I'm a little bitter with Russell. And I'm right. over. And I'm the truth over, comes out. No, look at No, I'm over. What I'm over is getting so gung-ho about Xander Shoffley, you know, in a, in a major championship. And then Xander gets up there, and what did Xander do on Sunday? Back the other way, right? Ricky Fowler. We've seen that. Now, nice story with Ricky. It's the first time he's been in the hunt like that in a long time. All right, I'll give him a pass. Russell Henley, I don't know, kind of feels that way a little bit about me too. You know, feel, I, I kind of get that feeling when he gets moment hits him, where are we at situationally? Now it's an elevated event. The Travelers, I just don't see Russell Henley that way, you know? Now, a couple years ago, that field, I did. I'm totally with you. I think it's a good place for Russell. And I thought about this. And I look back through my notes and I remembered it like it was yesterday. And I'm like, oh my God, Russell, he's gonna win this thing. And this is it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. And then he just literally shit the bed. You know, like it just <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just over that. Like I want, like I'm I'm in, I want some win equity, man. And and I and I'm liking fits and I'm liking his confidence and I'm liking what I'm seeing in his approach game, it's, it is getting better. He, he was positive two and a half last week. Didn't drive it as well as he usually did either at the U S open and finished 17th. So I'm coming at a little different angle. I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that spike week that we've seen from Fitzpatrick in the past. Like we saw at heritage where he goes positive 6.2, right? Similar course, kind of all playing from the same spot. RBC heritage. See where I'm going. Now you're now, now, I'm, I'm, I'm reeled him in. Get him in here. Well, I, all right. My caveat in the end is that he he hasn't won since he took the braces off. So maybe that was the key. All you right. know. Okay. <laughs> good dis- good discussion. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. Oh, there's there's some good names coming up. You're soon, not going to stop me at fee now, are you? Thirty five. I'm shutting this thing down. Let's just keep, let's just keep throwing some names. I, okay. uh, I'm not stopping you there. All right, Tom Kim. We talked. There's Fee now. Fowler at 40. You've been pumping. You've been pumping Fowler up. I thought he was going to get there, and then you know, the situation hit. Matsuyama at 40. You like Matsuyama here at all? Oh uh, no, no, because I I don't know. I don't see that it plays to his strengths as much as it did last week. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, no, no, we keep moving. Right. See, Wu 40, Sung JM 45, Cameron Young. Real quick, I'm not gonna bet who? Cameron, who, but he's starting, yeah, right. He's starting to put the pieces back together. Let's just, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. He, there, there, there's some signs with Cameron all of a sudden, like he looks like he's moving in the right direction. Now, he, you know, yeah. starting with making the cut and then, you know, 50th, and then what was he? I think he was. Last week, he thirty-two. Was last week, thirty-second. Yeah, yeah, with Hideki. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Max Homa, fifty. Wyndham Clark, U.S. Open champ, fifty. Sahith the Gala played good here last year at fifty-five. 
Brian Great. Harmon. Is there anybody that's played this course better than Brian Harmon at 60? Oh, man. You want to talk <laughs> about how, how Russell Henley makes you upset about that not cashing that ticket? I took Brian Harmon in my season-long fantasy draft this year out in Vegas with the guys. I took him as my third pick, and he's been on a hunting trip since then. He went back-to-back runner-ups to close the year last year, and he – I oh, man, I tell you. And then he show, showed up in the U.S. Open. Of course, I didn't put him in my lineup, so – I don't know. I probably he, I'm probably not the right person to ask about Brian Harmon. Um, <laughs> it, this place is a perfect fit for him. There's it no is. doubt about it. I mean, you've got a lefty like Bubba that's one here a bunch, right? I'm not yep. I'm not throwing out like Augusta National comps here or anything, but there are definitely trends that happen on golf courses. And Harmon's got five top tens here, which is you know for certainly maximizing his skill set for a specific venue. Yeah. And um, so I. I mean, Harmon for sure is a great placement bet here. Um, he's another one of those guys. I mean, we could argue till we're blue in the face about Henley and Harmon and, and a bunch of those guys that have been really solid middle tier guys for over a decade that, that only have a couple wins. Yeah. You know, um, but no one's fun- gained more strokes here in the last five years than Brian Harmon in this field. Now, granted, a lot of these big names haven't played here. So over five yeah. times, but, but, you know, it's worth noting he has. He has played well. Um, Thagala, something that he's not quite. You know, I, I'm I'm waiting a little bit on Sahith. Uh, you know, we know that Sahith can can get it done with the flat stick. Yeah. Uh, we know the driver is his bugaboo. Can he? Can he overcome that this week? His approach game. Okay. We know a short game can be spectacular. Just kind of, he, he's kind of just treading water. It seems right now with Sahith. I think I'm going to probably stay away from him this this week. So you're in that price range, right? Two guys, Sahith, or do you want Denny McCarthy? Because they're both great putters, mm-hmm. right? But don't you think the way that somebody like, and I'm just using the name Denny McCarthy because, but look at what he's done. He's drastically improved his approach game. He gets the yeah. ball and play off the tee. I just don't see that kind of progression from Sahith. Um, obviously, an extraordinary player. Don't get me wrong, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like working toward that first win, I feel like DMAC is taking those types of steps to get it done. Yeah, Fleet, Fleetwood's taking those types of steps to get it done. I just feel like with with Sahith, it's always like a roller coaster. You know, it's like oh, for sure. You yeah, know, and, and it's yeah. it's. For me, it's a little bit too emotional at this moment to pull off the win because as as the thing comes to a crescendo, man, it's just tough to ride that wave. You know, look at the way he crashed at the WMPO last year. Look at the way it fell apart here at Travelers, right? So get the control that Wyndham has, maybe a little meditation. Maybe that helps. I don't know. But um, if I'm in that category there, I'm looking at guys like, D-back or a really nice young player that's progressing rapidly like a Wyndham Clark, you got to have your eyes on a kid like Austin Eckroat. I mean, this kid's a stud. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. University of Texas, that is, not Oklahoma State. Eckroat. Yes. You know what's what's interesting? Eckroat's down the board a little bit, but we'll just comment on him real quick. I met Austin, was it probably three years ago at the PXG called Showcase? He was one of the first kids in that group 
and I got to know Austin um, pretty well and we stayed in touch and I did a thing on golf channel with him called, uh, on the show called the cut and, and he travels with his dad out there on tour. All right. And uh, that's, that's his team. And obviously he has his caddy, but when I watched Austin play in this college showcase event and there was a bunch of guys there and um, I just, you could just like, you could just see the confidence in like the internal swag. Like he just, was comfortable with who he was and what he was capable of doing and what his strengths were. And, and you got a feeling that when he got out on tour, like there was going to be a learning curve. Um, and I caught up with him in, in, um, in Vegas out there at, at the tournament. And, and he was just getting his feet, you know, getting his feet underneath him. And, but you could just tell like, man, it's coming, you know, like I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'll just got to do a little bit better here, a little bit better there but I, I, I'm figuring this thing out. Yeah. And sure enough, he, he, he's starting to figure it out. I mean, he's a, he's a confident player, not a very big guy, doesn't, not going to overpower anything, but he is one of those guys that you kind of you kind of get the feeling of, okay, an Austin Eckrode uh, could be, is he a younger Kevin Strillman? Is he a younger Ches Reeve? Is he a young, you know, is he, is he that kind of guy? You know no. that, um, no. I think the ceiling is much higher there. You think so? Okay. Just, just purely from, uh, this, this is going to sound tough, but I don't know how else to put it. Um, watching him last week, warm up, prepare on the range. He just strikes me as way more of an athlete. Now I know he's not as big as Wyndham Clark, but he reminds me more of a player like that okay. than he does of, um, you know, Jeff Maggard's family tree that you're going down there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like just, mm -hmm. you know, guys are that are Kevin Streelman is a world-class player. You know what I mean? And yeah. you'd never see the guy coming and he, you go out, play golf with him, he shoots 65 and he's fantastic. But I think the modern tour, um, you, you need to be a little bit more, um, to quote John Ellis, go be an athlete. Right. Right. And, uh, Austin Eckroach strikes me as an athlete and he's got a little bounce in his step at a U.S. open where there's some big names on the range. And I yep. saw him walking around and I was like, this kid's got a little self-belief. I'm going to keep oh, an eye no on question. him. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I like what I've seen. I like he, what he's I've not seen. scared. He's not scared. No. No, uh, he, he's not scared. Nope. And, and and the one thing with Austin is that, uh, you know, he'll his driver, he'll keep it in front of him. His iron game, um, when you look at it, I think he's starting to figure it out. It's really improved over the last uh, three months. His iron yeah. game has gotten better. Um, I think his short game – he was very good last week where he finished 10th um, and his putter, you know, it's, it's right there. You know, he's had some good weeks and he's had some bad weeks. Is he ready to win this kind of event? Um, seems like a, seems like a big ask, but I'm with you at 125, 130, somewhere in there. I'd sprinkle a little on Eckroat uh, for a long shot uh, to win here. Cause he is, he's uh he's got that inner belief. He's got that swag. He always has. And uh, he's starting to figure out the PGA tour life out there. Um, which is cool to see, you know, in this, this range that we were at, like, you know, is Wyndham Clark going to go back to back this media tour that he's on, you know, he's going to be a bit exhausted. Um, Max Homa doesn't seem to be playing all that great of golf. Another miscut um, last week. You know, I'm not, not going to lean into Cameron Young. I'm not going to lean in the Sung JM. Jason days at 50 pass Brian Harmon at 60 not going to play him to win JT at 60. Would you rather play JT or Harris English at 60 to one? Uh, I believe the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay. 
What kind of question is that? You know, Justin Thomas is 60 to one. Oh, man. Do you find it? Do you find it strange? JT's tweeting in on Sunday. Um, it just seemed a little unusual from JT. You know, like just that seems face. I don't know what's up there. Like, I, I really don't. I don't know what's up with with JT. It just seemed, it kind of struck me not like JT to be tweeting in on Sunday. I mean, like, hey, guys, you know, the course and this and that and like making a prediction on who's going to win. And then they're going to go live with home and all that fun. That All that stuff is fun. Don't get me wrong. Just didn't strike me as JT. We got time for JT. Go for it. Right. I think about, you know, a grip on your clubs, like a grip on your world. And JT is uh, who are his buddies, right? Ricky Smiley and Jordan, you know, the original spring break crew. And they're going through an evolution like we all do in life. Yep. And I think that his dad has been his coach. His dad is the CEO of Justin Thomas Enterprises, right? I also think that Jordan has a kid in an RV. Ricky has a kid. Jordan's got probably another kid on the way. Um, all of these things just kind of point towards JT tweeting on a Sunday is like, hey, guys, I want to join the party. I'm not there, but I want to join the party. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe we're underestimating how much of an impact or a positive impact impact somebody like tiger woods has had on his life so i think that jt is a top 10 player in the world and will be and probably will win another major but he'll definitely win multiple times on tour again but i think he's going through a little bit of a life evolution and yeah. like so many of us he's just trying to figure it out i've been through him you've been through him sure. so i'm not slighting his game i just feel like other parts of his world aren't in the place to allow him to be super comfortable in his game and um you know, reaching out and tweeting to the world in the final round of a U.S. Open that he's not playing in, um, you know, kind of fits that maybe a little bit of that uh, storyline for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of of that group, JT is the one that always carries himself as the guy's guy and the leader and everything, you know. And, and you know, he's he definitely comes across as the alpha dog. And, and you know, leaders lead. And um, he's, you know, I just think – I think that's – I think that's just an interesting kind of observation from being out here. You know, I'm a yeah. big Justin Thomas fan. Oh, I yeah. think he's done wonderful things for American golf, American team golf. Um, uh, I love the fact that he's the son of PGA member and he's winning PGA championships. Um, I just think there's a little life evolution going on there. And yeah. when he gets comfortable again, um, he'll be another world beater. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll, he'll get after it again. But uh, that's why you see 60 to one and, and no one goes near it. Whereas, you know, you talk about people betting Fleetwood at any number until it happens. Um, there wasn't anyone last week that said that they were going to touch JT at 50, let alone 60 on a golf course at 600 yards shorter. Right. So. Yeah. And I think game wise, it's it's just this frustration of of putting that I'm sure now has leaked into other parts of his game. And and so, you know, you kind of hit the bottom. Right. We've seen that with players where the putter just doesn't cooperate and then it just slowly filters in through the rest of the game all of a sudden your driver's not as clean your irons are not as clean you can't get up and down you get a couple bad breaks and you shoot 81 
uh, at the U.S. Open, and 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 so I've seen that many many times. I think that's the most impressive thing with Scotty Scheffler is as bad as his putting has been, just how absurdly great the other parts of his game is. Like that, and and if it continues, will there be some erosion from that part of the game as we've seen, um, you know, from from guys that we've seen in the past? Like it just it happens all the time where the putter can weigh can weigh on you. Like you're you're putting, you're you're, you're you're, you're, you're right there and you can't make putts and then it happens again and again and again. And then all of a sudden, you know, life takes over and things are moving very quickly uh, out there on the PGA tour. Hunter Mayhem said some really interesting things yesterday about life on tour. Um, and I, I encourage the audience to go listen to it. If you haven't, as we were talking about Wyndham and how things can get happening very quickly out on the road mm -hmm. and they can snowball really, really fast if you don't watch it. And so it was, uh, it was some really interesting insight about the struggle because you're going to have struggle and JT's going through the struggle. Jordan Spieth went through the struggle for three years. Ricky Fowler went Ricky. through the struggle for three years, sure. three years, guys. I mean, both, both JT or both Ricky and Jordan were three years. And so yeah. let's hope it's not three years for JT. Let's, let's hope that's not the case. All right. Where are we? Minwoo Lee, 65. It's not a major, so he's not going to play well. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He hit, a four, he hit a 407-yard drive last week. Wow. On 16. Speaking of swag, Shane, or Min Lu's got swag. Well, Min Lu's got a lot of swag. Shane oh. Lowry's got a little swag in himself, too, at 65. Uh, Denny McCarthy, Connors. Eckroot now is at 80. Just updated. Man, he's he's getting played up. People are betting this as we, wait, wait, time as we talk. Eckroot's we 80. About we talked about it. He just dropped 20 points. No. Right? I mean, this is this is the real thing on Tuesdays. Come on, folks. Pay attention. As soon as you hear the name, hit it because it's going to drop. <laughs> it's going to drop. It's going to drop. Adam Scott, 90. Keegan Bradley, 90. Jaeger Bomb at 110. Woodland at 110. There's my boy, Ludwig Aberg. 110. I like yeah. watching that dude play, man. I, I'm excited to, to watch his career um, as he gets out there. Uh, on yeah. the PGA Tour. Sponsor exemption, right, Ludwig? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anybody through that range? We talked about Eckroat already. Um, anybody else there that you would be willing to throw a win ticket at? McCarthy, you know, look, I, I've i been touting McCarthy. I was all over him at Memorial. He finished second to your yeah. boy, Hovland. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass um, this week, though. I just... I want I want a little more difficult golf course for McCarthy. Oh, that's an interesting take. I like that. Um, yeah. I, want, I like I need more teeth. I, McCarthy to me. I, I like. Don't, don't get me wrong. I like where he's going with his game. I, I do, and we've it's, it's a, been well a, documented. But I, I just a, need a little more teeth here. That's an interesting take. Um, Every once in a while, I surprise the hell out of people. Yeah. Comment. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so you don't like anybody there. So now we're getting into the long odds. Another guy that's been bet way down, Mark Hubbard opened at two, 250. He's down to 130 now. Um, and so that's a guy that uh, is getting some respect. I mean, Putnam can make some birdies at 130. Yeah, um, trending. In that, yep, range trending. Right, in that range right there, though, if somebody so – I'll use a name that's there as an example from the Charles Schwab. You know, Emiliano Grillo is there. Who can pull in that range in Emiliano Grillo of all those names? And I think there's two that catch my eye in that range, and that's Eric Cole and Justin Suh. Uh, Suh's my guy. Yep. Because both of them can go 
yep. can can go nuclear with the putter, and they they're mm-hmm. they're both they're both easily good enough on approach play with how good their putter is. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to give me somebody in that range, I need somebody who's really going to do something exceptionally well. Um, like Steven Yeager, that guy's going to hit like 75 of 72 greens. I get it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. one of those things though, where like, I need, I need to be, I, I need 20 birdies this week. Okay. Over the last five years, the average winning score is 17 under par, yeah. right? There's, there's a chance there's going to be a playoff. I need a birdie in the first hole of the playoff. Right. I mean, it's just one of those things where I need guys. I don't mind if he's going to make a couple bogeys. I don't right. even mind if the guy makes a double. Or if like Tom Kim makes a quad, I need a guy that can sh- that, that can get to twenty plus birdies this week. That's like the, the number one thing written on my list. Who can make twenty birdies on this golf course? And then you break it down from there. Who can do that? And I think either Cole or Suck can do that. Especially, I mean, the way they putt is just ridiculous. So, um, in that range, that's where my head's at. Yeah, I think Suh. I think I'll, yeah, Suh's my guy definitely um, in this range here as a long shot. He's going to make birdies. Yep. You look at him over the kind of over the season here. He, he's he's definitely in that upper. I'd say he's in the top top thirty. You know when it comes to making birdies, um, yep. I think his I think his his putter obviously is his strength. Round the green, you know, probably not quite as clean, but I'm willing to look past that this week. But if we're looking for that angle, right? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for an angle to sprinkle some. Sprinkle some money on. I would. I would definitely give the nod to uh, Justin Sutton. And it's good to see him now. It's good to see him on the telecast, right? Playing well. First tour event, right? Really is. Exemption for him, yep. right? Back when the three came through, Hovland, he and uh, Colin. Yeah. Um, he's ranked third in the field of of a designated field in strokes game putting. Mm-hmm. So if if we can get the iron game to go three or four then that guy is going to be in the conversation come Sunday. And at 150 or whatever he, whatever you mentioned he was, what's he, 175? Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, I mean, that's what you need. I mean, that's down in that that area of the list, folks. Look, there's, there's the – miracles don't happen on the PGA Tour. You need, you need some skill that's going to be <laughs> above and beyond. And the guy's right. above and beyond with the putter, you know. Yeah, he's got to be exceptional uh, something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he is. He's exceptional with flat stick. I mean, he's right there. With yeah. I mean, he, he, I don't think he's Denny McCarthy or Taylor Montgomery, but he's right under that. Man, he's getting close to that though. Mm-hmm. When you think about what he's done in majors at the PGA, the U.S. I mean, like the guys, the guys, a seriously good putter. It's caught mm-hmm. my attention to the point where when I get down in this realm and I go, well, okay, we need twenty birdies. That means you got to make twenty putts of probably, you know, somewhere in the range of eight to twenty feet. That's the type of guy that could do that, and. um that interests me at that level, certainly from a placement perspective, because you're going to get some you're going to you're going to get some good positive odds there to put that guy in the top 20. And he could certainly do it. All right. So I guess the only other name that I would mention as we look down the board, I mean, Adam Shank, look, 250 to one. Shank has popped at times. I mean, that's a guy that look, you, you're looking for an angle, playing some great golf here at time. Adam Shank, I mean, 250 to one. He's been right there. Chances to win. Those are big odds. Um, you know, another guy that's played well here, not showing his best form right now, but can get hot and we've seen it and can compete on these types of golf courses as he did earlier in the year, fifth at the RBC. 
Uh, he was, let's see, he was, no, 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 he wasn't fifth at the RBC. Sorry. Hold on a second here. A guy that, uh, that, that can play well in these types of golf courses. He was 34th at the Masters earlier this year. Sixth at American Express. He's got uh, a win at the John Deere. Is he going to win an elevated event? I'm probably trying to talk myself into this, but he's played well here in the past. That's JT Poston. We know he can get hot with the putter. Yeah. Postman, you know, sure. Yeah, Postman's just not just not clicking on all cylinders right now. But you go up to Traveler. He's coming off the missed cut. U.S. Open. He was 38th. At the, well, yeah, I need, I need, he hits a lot of greens in regulation. He's yeah, a great I need iron a little, His iron yeah. game is not – I need a little more from his irons, right? JT all can right. fill it up. God bless that guy. I've watched that guy with a putter when he gets it going. Oh my! I mean, it's like he's put, he's putting the ocean. Oh, we got a lot of All layers right. to this onion called the Travelers. Hey, quick PSA, folks. All right. right, this is our what ninth, yep. ninth designated event. The average official World Golf ranking of the first eight winners of the week before that they won. Right, take mm-hmm. a guess for me, Travis. Average of those eight. Okay, one more time. So say it again. You've got Rom at the Century. I didn't get the whole question. The average so of the the average official world golf ranking of the winners of the previous eight designated events this season. Okay. So what what they came into the tournament ranked as Rom, Scotty, Rom, Kurt, Sammy Burns, <laughs> Fitz, Wyndham, and Victor. Twenty one. Oh, oh, oh my man. 22 is the number. 22. That's why he's the host, wow. folks. Yeah. Well, and it's just a quick PSA because we're talking about guys at 175 to one. And to be honest yeah. with you, yeah. Patrick Cantley is going to win this thing. And when he does, you know, stop, stop. That's your pick, Cantley. You're going Cantley at the top of the board. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why I'm, 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 I'm like, I, why I feel fatigued on Cantlay and Xander all of a sudden. Can can you explain that to me? I just feel fatigued. I feel well, kind of mad at him. I don't know why. Like Xander, oh. like I wasn't, I I just like, it kind of expected that on Sunday. Right? I just like every, having these conversations about Cantlay and Xander, maybe probably because they just haven't, we're coming off a major and they haven't won a major. And I'm fatigued on, yeah, great player, no weaknesses, you know, and I'm, and I'm guilty of it too. Can't lay great driver of the ball. It's going to really bell rip my LACC. And, you know, and like they, and, and these guys, they don't win a major championship. I, and so it doesn't mean that I, I mean, they're, they're awesome players. Don't get me wrong, folks. I'm just like in having these conversations week in and week out, major championships, I feel fatigued with Patrick and Xander. And that's a weakness because I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be fatigued for this week in the Travelers because it affects my attitude towards them and my critique to them. And I don't want that. But, I can't, Patrick. I can't go there. I just They're the two there. highest ranked guys on the FedEx Cup points list that haven't won this year, this season, this wraparound season. There's a lot of urgency there. There has to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there has to be. I mean, you know, you've got two guys on the Ryder Cup team, and I'm not saying that Cantley or Xander would work their way off the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. But you've got two guys on the Ryder Cup team right now that no one thought were ever going to be on the team. Yeah. One is Brooks, and the other one is Wyndham Clark. Right. I can't mm-hmm. say Brooks is on there for certain, but come on, let's be real, folks. Right? Like, there's two guys there, so two guys are getting bumped. Yep. That if we, we if you and I did a pod and on January first, and we have picked our twelve, there's two guys there that are getting bumped. So nobody wants to be that guy. 
You know that JT doesn't want to be that guy. His partner's on that team, right? So at the end of the day, I think there's just a huge sense of urgency. And you're, you know, the mm-hmm. reason that the reason that you're getting fatigued, everyone's getting fatigued on these two guys because they're in the conversation every week. Every week their odds are are better than 16 to 1 to win, and then they don't win. So people get tired of that. Yeah. You know, and there's no there's no emotional component to those two when they're in there because you feel like they should, as it is when like Fleetwood gets close or Hatton gets close, you know, because they're up in the 30s or Lowry or somebody like that gets close. You know, Denny McCarthy gets close. People get caught up into the, you know, the emotion of the whole thing. Right. Ricky gets close. Right. These guys are expected to win and they haven't won yet. And Mm -hmm. that to me is why we're getting tired of it. Yeah, there's fatigue. There is. There's fatigue. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. they'll get one. They're gonna win one. Are they? Are they? I don't know, man. I mean, I if I had to if I had to say I, I think Cantley gets one before Xander. I think Xander's probably a slightly better player, too. And I, I just what I Ooh. what I see Xander on Sunday and it hits him, you know. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, like I mean, what do we went? He went 62, 69, 72, 73, you know. And um, uh-huh. and look, I it's hard to win, folks. I get it. Major championships, and um, and 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 we talk about it, and and we break it down, and we want them to win, and, and we pick them, and this and that, and they want to win. But at the end of the day, like when you when you follow golf as closely as we do, you know there's those intangibles, and that dog when the moment hits. I want to see situational strokes game. That's what I want to see. Yeah. When that moment hits the player, how do you how do you respond? Now, Xander. I thought took some steps last year. Uh, his win at Scottish Open, I thought was impressive. Um, Very good. And, yep. and so, like, he, I thought he took some steps. Now, major championships, I, I, I still think the moment feels a little too big for Xander at times. It just feels that way. Like, he knocks it in the water on, on, on 16 in the Masters after racing up to the leaderboard, uh, up to yep. the top. Um, and just not even a factor over the weekend. Cuts coming up short. Um, I don't know. Just, just feels like he's missing that 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 next internal press the pedal down. I'm gonna win a major championship. I'm that guy. Um, we see we see it in Brooks and Spades. We see it in JT when he's in the hunt. That dude's gonna rip your head off. Yeah. Um, Tiger obviously was in a league of his own. Um, but and, and we see it with Scotty, and we've seen it with John Rahm. I don't know. Like I'm just, I just don't see it yet um, with those two. And would it, would I be surprised if one of those guys won this week? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Xander won this last year. Pat, Patrick Cantley's won multiple times on the PGA Tour, and he's won some good events. Yeah. But I'm just fatigued. Champion. I'm just fatigued right now on him, and I can't bet him this week. So I'm, they're, they're, I'm, I'm hoping that they miss the cut. I'm sorry. Hey. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's fatigued. Two thousand nine hundred and eleven miles. It's yeah. the week after. What? It's the week after the U.S. Open. Everyone's fatigued. It's okay yeah. to be fatigued. I want you to. It's all right. Go meditate. We'll see you. All right. Week. Hey, yeah. great stuff. We appreciate your hard work, Keith Stewart. Read the line. Enjoy your week of the travelers, and then go home. Take some time off, will you? I'm gonna jump in this pool. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. There we go. All right. Uh, good stuff. All right. Thank you.